Well, we manufacture it. The original designs are by Carl Farbman. Do you know Farbman? <laughs> Love Farbman. Most people go their whole lives without sitting in a Farbman. Well, if you call that living. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Farbman designed shoes, Brett? Don't you think that would be great? After the song, babe. Huh? The song. secondary character. Twelve cent checks. They exist? I guess so. Checks are pretty big in America. They're still a common form of currency exchange. Even in 2018. Yeah, I think they are. A lot of people still get paychecks, literal paychecks. (laughs) Like literal checks with Mm. like two. Yeah. Stephen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a million dollars. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd that'd be nice. Or 12 cents. 12 cents. Money's money. It's all good. Well, 12 cents in 1997. Might be 18 cents or something now. (laughs) 18 million dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't get a claw hand from endorsing them though. That would be pretty... That wouldn't be worth it. No, no. For twelve cents, I'd rather just save my hand and work an hour at a proper job and probably earn, you know, thirty bucks or something. And yeah, <laughs> that's hundreds of checks I don't have to endorse. Oh, there you go. Oh well, one day we might be on a Japanese podcast True. show or a Japanese TV. If we ever get sponsorship, I want them to send us, uh, you know, whatever they want to pay us in twelve cent checks. Yeah, in royalties. Yeah. To have like a, an amazing Seinfeldism. Yeah. You know, and then we have to endorse them all and get claw hands. That's it. And then somehow get Japanese tourists involved. And yeah, I want this episode to be our life. Yeah, it sure will be. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the greatest show of all time. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this week we're talking about season eight, episode seven. Yes, The Checks. That's right. Originally aired on the 7th of November. 1996. Yes. Oh, hang on. That's an American date. Is that the 11th of July? No, no. November 7th, 1996. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, We'll give you a plot synopsis uh, about the episode. We'll talk about some secondary characters. They include uh, the Japanese businessman. Uh, We're also going to talk about Brett, Elaine's uh, episode boyfriend, and Teddy, the umbrella salesman. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, three Japanese tourists who befriend Kramer, or who Kramer befriends. Mr. O, Mr. Tanaka, and Mr. Yamaguchi. That's right. That's right, yes. And uh, nice couple of Seinfeldisms to finish off the episode, and uh, Seinfeld trivia. Awesome. Yeah. But before we do, as we always do at the start of every episode... No, just kidding. Not yet. <laughs> we have an email address, bidwabaspodcast at gmail.com, website. That's true, bidwabask.com. Indeed. And uh, we're on social media, at bidwabask is our handle. And uh, you can listen to us, stream us, review us, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you want to leave some feedback or spread the word, that would be tremendous. Yes. Now it's time for Seinfeld News. Now it is. Is Seinfeld news customary in your legal system? 
This butler. This Seinfeld muse. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, in Japan, people wouldn't be a fan of this butler show. No. <laughs> so good. News of Seinfeld. That's right. Seinfeld-san. Yes. So only one uh, Seinfeld news piece this week. Oh. Uh, not even relating to Jerry Seinfeld. The first time in a long time, I think. Slow news week. I th- think you got to check your sources a bit better. That's right. For some more news. Mm. So a bit of a shorter one this week. Only one bit of Seinfeld news this week. Oh, um, goodness. Not even relating to Jerry. Jason yes. Alexander is the man of the week. Oh, nice. So as some of you may know, Jason, uh, his number one love and where he got his start in acting was actually in theatre. Mm. He wasn't originally a comedic actor. Um, and over the weekend, being a New Jersey native, he actually had... Sorry, not this last weekend, the weekend before. Yeah, yeah. He actually had a uh, a live show and it was called Jason Alexander, the Broadway Boy. Oh. And uh, it was billed as an evening of comedy and song uh, with the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. Uh, they played two shows in New Jersey, one in uh, Newark and another in uh, New Brunswick, both towns of New Jersey, uh, that, that being April 14 and 15, the weekend before last. And... Uh, there have been some reviews, all been really good. And uh, yeah, there's actually some clips and stuff on YouTube too. So check nice. it out. It's really cool. So it was sort of a mix of, of comedy, like not stand-up comedy, but just more tales of him, you know, funny things that have happened in his life. Um, obviously music. And uh, it was, you know, set against the typical theatrical kind of uh, musical background. Really good. Very good. Yeah. And he also talked about his love of, um, you know, his love of theater, a bit of a biographical thing as well. So a mix of, of everything. And it went for about two hours. So, yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, hopefully it does more. I'd, I think I'd go see that if it ever toured Australia. Oh, but yeah. Jason, if you're listening, come to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. You can stay with us. You can be a guest. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> you can stay in, in the studios, the Bidwell Bar studios. Jason seems really humble. I reckon he would. Yeah, he you probably know, would. be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's all the Seinfeld news for the week. That is. the H- He can stay in the H.E. Penny Packer Studios. That's right. That's, that's what the name of these studios are. That's true. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll advertise it as an Airbnb and target him specifically. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, you know, put fake photos up, make it really luxurious. Yeah. It's like, this is just a, this is just a, an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We'll have pictures of Heidi Swedberg, Susan. True. You know, hanging pictures out. Pictures of walls. triangles. Marissa Tomei. Like last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, like the junior mints last, last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, because that was a quick Seinfeld news, I reckon we should just jump straight into the plot. Why not? Why, don't, why not? Season 8, episode 7 of The Checks. Uh, as Stephen mentioned before, first aired in the US November 7, 1996. Uh, directed by Andy Ackerman. Written by Steve O'Donnell, Tom Camel, and Max Gamel. Rather. <laughs> What did you say? Camel. Camel. Ah. <laughs> and uh, Max Prost. Now there's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of stuff in this episode. It's very chaotic, but in a good way. So there's quite a bit of a plot. So I'm going to read it. It's one of the ones where uh, all of the characters have their own plot line, but oh, they all sort of come together at the end. And they're very fleshed out, like all of them. They are. Uh, Elaine's new boyfriend, Brett, played by James Patrick Stewart, is obsessed with furniture designer Carl Farbman fictional and the song Desperado great track it is by the Eagles uh, going into a trance-like state whenever he hears it Jerry spots an umbrella salesman using a twirl he invented as a sal technique but the salesman says that it was invented by Teddy Padillac played by John Bowman a long-time umbrella salesman Jerry once worked with George is told by Kramer that a cleaning company he hired is secretly a religious cult and is miffed when they don't indoctrinate him with their religious pitch. What kind of snobby cult is this? Yeah, I know, right? Do you have something else? I'm trying yep. to I'm trying to search for some some meaning in my life. <laughs> I'm trying to find an answer. Just shrugs your shoulders and yeah, walks out. Yeah, he's like <laughs> 
<laughs> What's he got that I don't have? That team leader is so annoying. Yeah, I know. Such a smug little prick. Indeed. Jerry receives multiple royalty checks from Japan worth 12 cents each for his one second spot in a Japanese TV show called The Super Terrific Happy Hour. <laughs> so Japanese. Such a 90s, like... Um, like an, um, a Western assumption of what a Japanese TV show would be called. Yeah, you know, super... it's like the literal translation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like Super Fun Happy Slide, you know, from the the Simpsons Halloween special where oh. Burns is a vampire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Homer's like Super Fun Happy Slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yes, it's for Japanophiles everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kramer befriends some Japanese businessmen on vacation and takes them on a tour of the city. Uh, now they're called Mr. O he's played by Gedi Watanabe uh, Mr. Tanaka was played by Toshi Toda and Mr. Yamaguchi was played by Go Masawa um, after spending all their money after undervaluing the amount of yen compared to US dollars Kramer lets them sleep at his place in a large chest of drawers designed by Farbman and delivered by Brett to make Jerry jealous I love how uh, Kramer's eyes light up when he's like 5,000 5, yen or 50,000 yen he's like hmm I remember I've been to Japan I went to Tokyo once about 10 years ago yeah, yeah and i knew that you know yen was a lot more than australian dollars and i think it's about the same i think it's about 100 yen is about one dollar yeah when i was in japan i think it was like 85 yen to the dollar okay, so a bit you, low yeah. i think at the moment it's like 90 okay odd yeah, yeah. it's still a lot it's still good you know yeah. like numerically speaking yeah, yeah, yeah and it took like a day or two for for me to think hang on that's really fucking expensive like yeah, yeah. you know something small is like 300 yen yeah like three dollars oh sorry like 300 300 dollars it, it's like when you go to london and things are in pounds mm-hmm. and it's like a pound 50 you got to times it by three don't you uh, two, two and a half two two, a bit? two. yeah yeah these okay. days it's about half yeah. just over half but yeah. like it takes a day or two for your head to adjust because you sort of you know you equate product with value yeah and if it's like a pound 50 you're like oh that's so cheap yeah but you it's know? actually like three bucks yeah, but really your wages are half you know your living expenses are double yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah it's fun big city life huh <laughs> Kramer suggests George and Jerry should pitch their failed NBC pilot to Japanese TV executives who are not interested in taking it on after their meeting. Uh, there's two executives. Uh, executive number one is played by Sub Shimono, and Akani Nelson plays executive number two, who George is, in- is interested in. Yeah. Elaine suggests Witchy Woman. Oh, Witchy Woman. As her and Brett's song, which he rejects, and knocks back her offer of having Desperado as their song, as he says it's his. Dick mm. move. Uh, Jerry meets Teddy, who asks for $200 to buy an umbrella, and without money on him, Jerry's left in the rain soaking wet. Yeah. I love all the comedic timings that every time Brett turns up, you know, Jerry's He looks like, like a popo oh, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, he's like, how, how much are those checks? And he looks and he has 12 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his hands all clawy. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, they're falling he, apart in the rain. And he can't open the yeah. drawers. Yeah. <laughs> George gets the cleaners to do the Yankees office and they recruit Wilhelm and giving him the name Tanya. Him, you brainwashed? What's he got that I don't have? <laughs> the Japanese businessman gets stuck in the drawers and Jerry uses an axe to get them out as he has a cramped left hand due to signing all those checks. And he can't open the steam-warped drawers <laughs> from the from the jacuzzi in Kramer's, Kramer's wood-decorated apartment. That's true. You know, it's like in the Junior Mint, he was, he was talking about putting wood that's wallpaper around. We did mention we did the junior mint last but week, and we did mention we it. We yeah. did, and in the checks you actually see the wood huh. wallpaper. Last week as well, Fabulous. we also mentioned how good the continuity was. Yeah, yeah. Another example. There you go. Perfect. Fabulous. I guess it's just a you know it's a set ready to go. It's always like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Amazing. But still, it's yeah, it's no, it's great. Incredible. Ooh, it's going to be like a ski lodge. <laughs> um, Brett obtains concussion after Jerry hits him in the head with the butt of the axe when witnessing him smash the drawers, and the businessmen tell the TV executives not to take on the pilot. Brett is hospitalized 
and his doctor, played by George Wallace, goes into his own trans-like state while listening to Witchy Woman, leaving it to be implied that Brett dies after his heart rate monitor flatlines during the song. And it's you know you actually hear it during the song. Yeah. It's like beep 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 beep, beep and right at the end it's like Meep. yeah, and then the credits roll. Yeah, it's pretty, like so he died. Yeah, pretty wow. dark. Very, very dark. Yeah, I mean, Brett's a bit of a dick, but he didn't deserve to die. Nah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Yeah, that is a really when you when you talk out the whole plot like that it's like yeah. wow there's so much going on I know it's but like it never death. seems too busy I d- it seemed quite chaotic to me okay but in a good way good yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's just always on yeah it's always know? on yeah there's yeah. never any like just slow scenes in Jerry's yeah. apartment it's just nah. always something there's no dull moments a lot of offset uh, shots and scenes as well. Yeah, it's you know, great. sorry, like off. You know, the main sets. Like I, the I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, other secondary characters include Jack Plotnick as Sunshine Cleaning Crew's leader. Uh, sorry, Sunshine Cleaning. That's the name of the religious uh, cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, their crew leader, uh, Tony V. He plays umbrella salesman Clicky, and Shri Hankel plays the nurse. That's right. In the hospital. Mm. Shall we take a quick break and we'll talk about some trivia and then we'll get into the secondary characters? Sounds great. You're listening to. But I don't want to be a secondary character. You're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests? Well, you found it. Listen to In Melbourne last week with me, Ivan Pugioni. I talk to a different guest every week about their occupation, their hobby, their love for something, whatever it may be. Always interesting, so be sure to subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Podbean. So be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast. So this week we're talking about the checks, and uh, Ivan's just gone through a fairly hefty synopsis. Probably the heftiest one I've ever done. I would say so. That's, there's a lot, a lot going on in this. A episode. lot going on, but you did well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So uh, some episode trivia before we get into the secondary characters. Uh, I've got two bits of trivia. Uh, the opening scene of the episode uh, that was actually filmed on September 29, 1996, about a month and a half before this episode aired. Ah, because that was meant to be, I think, in another episode, right? That's right. Yeah. For the fatigues, which is. A I think another season eight episode. I think it's a premiere episode of season eight. Is it? Okay. Or one of the earlier season eight ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't find out. Maybe I'm sure I could if I if I searched, but Mm. I didn't bother. Um, I didn't find out why it was cut from that that episode and put onto the episode. Maybe just for timing or pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, But yeah, maybe they they needed to to fill this episode out a bit. Yeah. Not not like there wasn't much going on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It felt (laughs) like a long episode, didn't it? I know. Yeah. It was only 22 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, do you have any trivia? Yeah, I've got four. Okay. Of course, it's a trivia. So, um, uh, two versions of the final Yankees line were made. One for if they won the World Series and one for if they lost. And that's when executive number one says, with these two idiots, you wonder how the New York Yankees won the World Series. Yeah. So, they actually had a line saying, if the New York Yankees lost the series. Yeah. Because at the time, I think the World Series was on. Yep. Or it was about to begin. Okay. So, they when thought... They were filming. Yeah, because yep. it would have been silly if they said, oh, they won the series. Mm. They ended up winning the series. Yeah. So, they used the winning line. Yep. Mm. wonder what the line would have been if they didn't lose the series. No. Because if they lost the series, it wouldn't be a joke in that line. Yeah, uh, they probably would have. Yeah. They probably would have said something like, like, with these with two idiots, it's, it's, it's no wonder, no wonder why they yeah, lost. Yeah, that's It would have been something like that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. What other trivia do you have? Two of the episode's actors, Richard Hurd as Wilhelm and one of the executives. Sab Shimono, they both previously appeared in a 1980 MASH episode called Backpay. Huh. Yeah. I love MASH. MASH is great. I was reading about MASH today, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few plot, like, like I read some like plots of famous episodes in okay. the show, and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Love that show. Yeah, it's a good yeah. show. Um, the Urban Sombrero, 
from the foundation. Oh, that's that's the season eight premiere. Yeah, foundation. Uh, that's featured in a scene. That's right, right at the end. Right at the end, yeah. Yeah, he when he crosses the road and Jerry's yeah. like, huh? huh? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then the Umbrella guys are like, oh, the Urban Sombrero, they're taking our business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, another another um, case of really, really good continuity. Yeah. You know, just quick, but really good. But it works. Um, some trivia about the name Tanya that uh, Wilhelm takes. That's his name when he oh, joins yeah, the cult, yeah, Tanya. Yeah. That's actually the same name used by a lady called Patricia Hurst after she was allegedly brainwashed by the domestic terrorist group, the Symbionese Liberation Army. Or okay. Liberation Army. Um, Hurst was the granddaughter of American publishing magnate William Randolph Hearst, and she was kidnapped in 1974. Okay. And it turns out that she was found 19 months later and was a wanted fugitive for serious crimes, including bank robbery. Wow. And her sentence was later commuted by Jimmy Carter and was later pardoned by Bill Clinton in the 90s. So she was abducted, brainwashed, and then forced to commit crimes? Uh, Maybe forced, or maybe she was in on it. Yeah, it's a bit ambiguous as to what happened. Right. Or maybe she was pretended she was kidnapped. Okay. And and she joined the group. She just wanted to be, uh, you know, a badass. Yeah, exactly. And the name she used was Tanya. Huh. There you go. That's neat. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that would be a a, a trivia question. What is uh, Wilhelm's name change to when he's brainwashed? Tanya. Tanya. That would be a good trivia question. That would be a good one, yeah. Yeah. When he's brainwashed. That's right. And uh, any other trivia? No, that was it. Cool. Well, why don't we talk about some secondaries? I think we should start with the main, Brett. Yeah, who I really enjoyed, actually. Brett's cool. Uh, Brett's played by James Patrick Stewart. He's known for Gettysburg, Gods and Generals, and The American Gandhi. Uh, He was nominated for an Annie Award for his voice on children's TV show The Penguins of Madagascar in 2013. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, At the moment, he's actually playing a guy named Valentin Cassadine which just sounds like a soap opera name, it in is. Uh, General Hospital. Oh, G- General opera. Hospital's still around? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nice. I think it was... He stopped. looks like a soap opera guy. He does. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude. He is. Yeah. Yeah. First things first, he obviously likes the Eagles, or one song at least. Yeah, one song at least. Desperado. Yeah. It definitely brings him back. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, very nostalgic for him. I think so. Yeah. I was trying to think, why does it induce such a hypnotic, deep connection in him he probably grew up listening to the song or it might remind him of maybe one of his parents maybe okay. he passed away yeah that was their favorite song or maybe maybe they played the song to him when he was going to bed as a kid okay you know i thought to have such an impact every time i think it's linked to an event rather than just you know years of childhood or something maybe he lost his virginity to the song mm, maybe something like that that's true you know something significant something yeah. life-altering something life-altering but yeah. he just he just goes into like this weird trance like state yeah. yeah but he's not completely uh unaware of what's going on around him he sort of just ignores elaine like you can still hear her yeah yeah it's not a true trance but um yeah it's definitely definitely bizarre i mean sometimes there's songs that you listen to and you kind of you devote your all your attention to that song yeah but this guy is just like another level yeah he's deeply moved and i like how at first it um it you know it moves elaine sort of vicariously she's like oh like this guy's so sensitive yeah, and sweet yeah, yeah. but by the third time she just she's hates like, it she's come just, on. she just wants she's jealous she wants to get in there and then she tries to make Desperado their song <laughs> yeah. and he goes no it's mine yeah you know? it's very possessive yeah very possessive yeah like song. it's his song and he's clearly he loves you know furniture design mm. or he loves the, he loves file Carl Farbman. Carl Farbman, yeah, yeah, the fictional furniture designer. That's right. I reckon he's one of those guys who shops at IKEA or yep. you know, he shops for like high end maybe high end furniture. IKEA is too generic. Too for generic him. for him. Yeah. Probably IKEA's like high just end like... probably high end stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. And he actually has um Farbman in the car. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I would I'd give you a ride, but I've got Carl Farbman in here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Uh 
maybe something happened with Desperado with Carl Farman. Like maybe he lost his virginity, you know. On... What, to Carl or Brett? No. Brett lost his virginity maybe while Desperado was playing like on a Carl Farman couch or something. <laughs> you know, and that's why Or he's... on a chest of drawers. Or, or in a chest of drawers. <laughs> with a Japanese lover. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? That's why he was so traumatized by, uh, you know, assuming Jerry was attacking them because it's like, no, no. No, that's where I lost my virginity. All the three things at once. No. <laughs> Who knows? I find him to be quite arrogant and uh, assumptive as well. Like he yeah. thinks that life, he thinks that a good life is made up by, you know, high material possessions. possessions. Material possessions. Yeah. You know, and he, he sort of, I think he has a concern for Jerry, but there's also this built in arrogance as well. Like, you know, I want to help him out, but I also, not that he's happy that he's, you know, a, like he's probably jealous know. that Jerry dated Elaine. Maybe, maybe. it's like that oh, stigma, okay. you know. Like maybe right. he thinks, oh, he dated Elaine. So do you think he's trying to like sort of undercut him a bit, yeah, or probably like, yeah. okay? Because yeah. I didn't think of that because they had romance. You know, they were romantic. It's true. Many years before. Do you think the Ferrari he drives is his or Carl's? Do you think he's Carl's driver, or I that would be his. His, his Ferrari? Yeah. But do you think he's rich? I mean, he's obviously well off. But do you think he's rich enough well, to drive a Ferrari? It didn't look like a brand new Ferrari. It looked probably like an older model. Okay. Eighties like or something. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, but even like the older ones are probably hundred, couple hundred grand, maybe. Yeah. Like the old ones. Yeah, they're not cheap. Good, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what occupation he'd be. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't, couldn't quite pick it. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think? Uh, how do you think Elaine would react to his apparent? Well, obvious death. How do you think uh, she would have reacted to the news that... Oh, good question. Do you think um, she would have done a George and been like, oh, okay. Well, she liked Brett. Mm. That's the thing. But she was a bit annoyed. She, she was, was sort of annoyed. over him. Yeah, over him, like, yeah. She was just like... She was trying to like, you know, get on his level with the song and he just wasn't having it. I so reckon, I think, yeah. I reckon she would have been like, oh. I reckon she would have been shocked at first. Mm-hmm. But then George would have said, you want to come for coffee? Yeah, yeah right. Just another restrained another jubilation. Another restrained jubilation, yeah. <laughs> Probably like, oh, good. You know, oh, I was getting sick of him. Oh, yeah. That would have been a funny uh, extra scene from, uh, you know, the finale when Dr. Siegel? Siegel. Yeah, Dr. Oh, Siegel. Yeah, he, if he proclaimed his death, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was him. Yeah, George, George uh, was, you know, um, had restrained jubilation when, when Susan died. Yeah. And Elaine had restrained jubilation when Brett died. But we did mention Dr. Siegel may have been a hematologist who deals with blood. That's true. But uh, the doctor who was trying to look after him, I think he was in, like maybe an ER doctor. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, he, was yeah, to, he was trying to reduce the swelling. That's true. Dr. Concussion. Siegel might not have even known. It might have even been might the same have been a hospital. hospital. Yeah. It was probably like a real schmick hospital yeah. if he was in there. Yeah. You know, Carl Farben Hospital. Yeah, Carl Farben designed yep. hospital. Yep. Yeah. Is this hospital bed Carl Farben? Not good enough. Not good enough. I'll yep. die now. I'll yep. die right in this ambulance. Come do an operation at my house full of Carl Farben furniture. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else about Brett? No, he's just a very, he's a high fashionista. Yep. Um, yeah. Obviously, you annoy Elaine enough with mm-hmm. Desperado, and uh, yep. Yeah. Do you? Think- I liked him though. I liked his character. Yeah. He's no, good. he's he's funny. One off. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I, it was good to see, not good, but most of the time, uh, the 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 significant others, even the episode boyfriends or girlfriends of the core four. Uh, not good enough for them. Whereas in this episode, it, f- it feels like that Elaine was always trying to like step up to his level and always trying to like do things to appease him. Yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. like he had he had the advantage. Yeah, you know, yeah, not that it's about game playing or advantage, but like it's rare to see Elaine go to so much effort to try and impress or he connect with to, someone. Yeah, she tried to go up to his level. Yeah, usually yeah. it's the guys, you know, or with uh, Kramer George, or maybe not George, but Kramer and Jerry at least. <laughs> 
wanting to sort of do that for them. Yeah. So it was a different dynamic as well. And I think that's what made him a bit more memorable. Yeah. Because yeah. he just didn't, you know, he he thought he was better than Elaine and Elaine sort of, you know, tried to step up to his level. Mm, yeah, and a good point. Yeah. yeah. So one last question before we move on. Do you think he only likes Desperado or do you think he likes the Eagles generally? Or maybe, you know, 70s like AM radio rock like America and... Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, he probably does, but maybe like you mentioned, mm. something happened while he was listening to Desperado, some kind of life-altering event. And yeah, yeah, that just that song for some reason just affects him. Just embedded into embedded his, into uh, his yeah, emotional psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so the next character we should probably talk about are the three Japanese businessmen. Yes, Mr. O. He was played by American actor Getty Watanabe. Uh, he's known for Sixteen Candles and Mulan. That's right. Mm. And uh, he is fantastic. I love him. Mr. O. I love him. Yeah, Mr. So O good. is good. Yeah. He's just so infectiously happy. Yeah, he's like the youngest one, isn't he, out of the I three? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think he he's would very be, exuberant. Yeah, I yeah. think he would be the most, even though he's obviously, you know, uh, he grew up in Japan, he speaks, I think he would speak the best English out of the three. Yeah. So sort of by default, he would be the their leader, yeah, especially leader, in America. Yeah. The de facto leader, yeah. Yeah, and I think... You know, uh, after World War Two, maybe in the 60s is when Japan started to westernize. Um, you know, so being the youngest uh, and he's out of the three, he's probably more uh, familiar with American and Western culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when they're in America, he's sort of, because of his language skills and just exposure, he's probably, you know, that's why he's their leader. And he's probably a bit more confident as well mm-hmm. and just more excited. I think the other two are just like a bit more chill. No, they're still loving it though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. They're all they're all great, but mm. he's just so infectiously happy and enthusiastic about everything. <laughs> like when uh, Kramer's, you know, like, oh, that's Jerry Seinfeld from, you know, uh, is it Super su- Super Famous Happy Hour? No, it's... Uh, oh, I forgot the name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> super Fun super happy Terrific story. Happy Hour. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just like you, if you pause the scene and look at his face, it's just pure... He's like, ah, ah. Pure yeah, happiness. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just so stoked. Yeah, he's wrapped. It's so good. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, he is obviously very... <laughs> his, his happiness soon turns into fear, you know, when he's expressing his, his terror to the Japanese uh, executives. Oh, when yeah. He's, when he's speaking in Japanese in, at the Yankee Stadium. He's like, yeah, and they tried hacking us with an axe. We got stuck in the cupboards. <laughs> yeah. He's there crazy. And then I love how executive number one was like, we think his friend is imbalanced. <laughs> and, Ge- and George thinks, and George that, is George like, thinks oh, yeah. that they're plugging the show. Like, yeah, 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 these guys will get me in with these executives. And then George <laughs> is like, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, great. So good. Yeah, no, I like Mr. Rowe. Yeah. He no, was definitely the best one out of the three. Definitely. Yeah. And the other two are, like uh, Ivan said, Mr. Tanaka, who was played by Toshi Toda. Uh, he's also known for... I'm not sure if he's an American act, uh, actor or American-Japanese actor. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either. No. no. But uh, he's appeared in Just Married, uh, also Pearl Harbor, yeah. and uh, The Wolverine. Yeah, in 2013. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Mr. Tanaka. Yeah, the only thing I have about him uh, is, as we said before, the other two are quite restrained when it came, uh, when compared to Mr. O, but uh, I think he is a top... You know how some people are top bunk, bottom bunk people? Yeah. He chooses the top draw. <laughs> the top draw. I think that would have... You know, he would have gone for the top draw, like shotgunned it or something equivalent. I don't know. Hmm. He's just he just strikes me as a top top draw kind of guy. A top draw kind of guy. Yeah. Well, going back to Mister O, he sleeps in the middle, the middle uh, draw, doesn't That's he? That's right. Remember when Kramer? Uh, tried, yeah. Remember when Kramer tries to open the drawer and he goes, "Come back in half an hour." Yeah. He's very uh, excitable. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess you know, uh, using all that energy, he probably needs a bit of sleep. You know, and he just needed a bit of catch up. I thought it was something else. 
Oh. Like, I'll come oh. back in half an hour. Oh, okay. I thought he just wanted a bit more sleep. Oh, I'd probably sleep, yeah. Oh. yeah. No, no. I think uh, I think we should explore your Oh, no. I thought idea. I thought he was... No, 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 no. I didn't even think of that. No, I, just yeah, thought, I, I, I just thought know. jet lag. It's just like the, the Freudian yeah. concept, you know what I mean? He lost like, the contest. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not master of his domain. No. He's not master of his draws. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the master of that. Yeah, but anyway, uh, no, um, no, yeah, but anyway, that, that was just a thing. But no, he wanted Mr. to sleep. Oh in. no, don't do that. Oh no, oh no. But yeah, Mr. oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so Mr. Tanaka, yeah, um, yeah. No, he was. Yeah, he he served the purpose well. I guess. Yeah, no, he's yeah. cool. And yeah. uh, the third one being Mr. Yamaguchi. Yes, played by Japanese actor and composer Go Masawa. Huh. Uh, known for appearing in Out to Sea and the Batman animated series. Cool. Um, he composed music for Japanese TV shows, including Moon Mask Rider and, r- try and not butcher this, r- Ryusei Ningen Zon. Okay. And he passed away in 2007. Oh. Yeah, so actor and composer. There you go. From Japan. Apparently he had a uh, successful career as the baritone in a vocal uh, quartet called The Four Coins. That's right. That's how he got his start. Yep. Yeah. Cool. The only thing I had about him is that he's a bottom draw kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. I think he just, you know, likes... That's why him and Mr. Tanaka, I think they travel a lot for, for business. Yeah. And that's why they're good travel partners. And he's the oldest out of the group. He is. He's like the silver fox. Yep. So he's got more experience. And you're right, he's more like old mm-hmm. style Japanese yep. instead of like, you know, young modern like Mr. Rowe. Yeah. You know, he's definitely like of the older mindset, yeah. I think. A bit more staunch and a bit more quiet yeah. and reserved. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, these three travel for business. I think when they, when it's just. Uh, well, when they're not in America or a Western country, um, you know, maybe they're doing business in Japan or another country in Asia. I think it's just Mr. Tanaka uh, and Mr. Yamaguchi. But when they need some, when they go to America, especially because Mr. O, like we said, is a bit can more speak English. Yeah, yeah, they sort of bring him as, him him along as sort of a bit of a conduit. Yeah, um, to engage. But when it comes to like actually doing the the you know the the high flying business deals. He's just sort of in the background. He's signing the checks. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he's in, he's yeah. he's he's making the deals. He's the efficient one. Yeah, he's yeah. the behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, who else should we talk about? Let's talk about Teddy. Yep. Uh, Teddy Padalak, played by actor and writer John Bowman. You'll love this one, Stephen. Uh, he's known for writing on the shows Martin for like Martin Lawrence's show from the nineties. Yep. In Living Colour and Saturday Night Live. Yes. And he was nominated for Emmys in 1991 and 1992 for his writing in In Living Colour. Wow. And he won in 1989 for writing on Saturday Night Live. Huh. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't watched or even thought about In Living Colour for a long time. Probably the last time we mentioned it on this podcast. He wrote on it. There you go. He was part of the writing ensemble. Wow. Won many awards. I was with a friend on Sunday and we were watching... Have you heard that Bruno Mars and Cardi B song called... um, Oh, Finesse. Finesse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, And the film clip's great because it's... It's It's like a throwback to like New Jack Swing. Yeah, it is. From the 90s, yeah. That's right. But it's it's the set of In Living Colour. It's the exact set of In Living Colour. Nice. Um, And I was... Like my friend who I was with, she's 26, 27, so a bit before her time. Yeah. Um, so I was explaining what In Living Colour was, you know, how J- uh, Jim Carrey got his start on it and how That's it was right. just sort of a skit show, um, you know, and a lot of comedians and actors got their start on it. Um, yeah. And then two days later, we're talking about it again. Weird there coincidence. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I think he is a bit dodge. Very dodge. And he's an umbrella salesman. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He's a, oh, I guess there's a market for it. Yeah. 
Does it rain a lot in New York? I imagine he would do better in like Seattle. Yeah. It rains a lot in Seattle and you remember Portland. When he talks to Jerry about the past and Jerry's like, oh, I remember that tropical storm. Yep. And then he's like, yeah, I remember that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he, you know, he's dodgy by, by nature, but I think he ripped off Jerry's, you know, I believe Jerry. I think Jerry the invented the 12. Like, why yeah. would he make that up? Like, yeah. he has no reason to just make up. He's not like George. No. <laughs> no, I mean, he's, you know, he doesn't have anything to prove. He's, he's a master of his domain and craft. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. a comedian, he wouldn't just make up a random lie to impress anyone. Yeah. He has no reason, I think. Don't think so. Yeah, so I, I believe Jerry that he made up the 12. And I think uh, Teddy, maybe he was a, you know, a, a failed stand-up or a failed creative and he was Jerry uh, jealous of, of Jerry's sort of, you know, wanting to quit Umbrella salesmanship yeah and move on to you know something he actually cared about and he always resented him a bit for a bit for it and that's why he ripped off the twirl to sort of get back at him or you know sort of focus his resentment he just i think he felt a bit betrayed and also jealous yeah of jerry's you know wanting to move on and do it doing it successfully as well mm-hmm. so i don't know does anyone choose to be an umbrella salesman no i think it's just something you fall into isn't yeah. It? yeah yeah and if you're an umbrella salesman that's not meant to be a dig or a saleswoman salesperson it's not meant to be a dig but um i can't imagine many people choosing that as no. a career but get in touch with us if you are an umbrella salesperson yep if you're a street salesperson, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's it like? What's it like out in there on the, you know, on the hard streets? Yeah, when it's raining. I don't know. You know? Do you have to compete with urban sombreros? Do you have to give your enemy or do you have to offer your enemy $200 for an umbrella? <laughs> if you don't like them, do you just jack up the prices as you please? You know? Is, is it your prerogative? That's Let right. Let us know. Hmm. Let yeah. us know. Uh, do you have anything else about him? No, that's it. Uh, who else do you want to talk about? I don't have any more notes. Okay. Who do you have? Uh, well, I've got a few notes about Clicky. Um, also, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of his subordinate. That's right. Yeah, he's the one who... Who starts the twirl, or who's twirling at the That's start. right, who yep. Jerry talks to right at the start when Clicky. he's with Elaine. He's played by Tony V. That's right, and uh, he is best known for... Actually, I know none of those things. <laughs> World's greatest dad. Cool. Uh, something on a shirt or a mug, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I had about Clicky was a vibe that I got. I think uh, Ted sort of... I don't think Clicky wants to be a salesman, but Ted sort of has him under his thumb a bit, oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Like yeah. He owes him something? Or? No, not that he owes him, but just that he's too weak to sort of escape or oh, move on. Oh, I didn't you know, think Ted, that I think, I think Ted manipulates him and uh, has him under his thumb a bit. Oh, and tries to do his, get him to do his dirty work. Not even get him to do his dirty work, just to control him. Because ah. you know, he's, he's a dodgy dude. Well, I never saw that that no, way. He's a, ba- yeah. he's a bad seed. Ah. I don't know. I think I just sense this, this um, you know, he doesn't express it, but just like this inner desire to, to not be, to be stronger, to move on, to break break from that. Yeah. You know? Do you think he's already doing something or is this just his job? Uh, Being an umbrella salesman, he's got nothing going. I don't think he has any side hustles going. Yeah. I think this is it. Wow. You know, Poor guy. Yeah. Well, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> that's Poor clicky. Poor clicky. Oh, well. The only other thing, uh, the only other person that had notes for was uh, the nurse. So, she was played by uh, Cherie. Is it Sherry? I Cherie? Cherie. Cherie Hankel. Uh-huh. Uh, she's an American actress. She is known for nothing I've heard of again. Okay. Uh, I don't actually have any notes about her, but oh. I just wanted to mention her because she's a secondary. Yes. Yeah. Doctor, we're losing him. <laughs> Do you think she knows? about the doctor's witch a woman problem yeah yeah I think so I think it, that would not have been the first time it happened yeah yeah but do you think that would have taken witch a woman like off the, the hospital off the hospital playlist or hospital off the CD radio. or the radio I don't know I don't know you think they would have I think they they've would got have. a duty of care for their patients you know, not the first, to die do you reckon it's the first time the doctors let someone die because <laughs> mm. of the song I don't know I, I think know. the eagles should stop writing 
you know, songs that are so... Such wonderful ballads. Such wonderful ballads. Yeah. I, oh, I think he'd be in jail and he'd lose his medical license I if he's so. done it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd probably say, oh, it's been, you've killed 10 people because you were distracted by witchy woman. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably... That doctor, if he's that sort of person that would just let someone die, even if his favourite song came on the radio... I think he'd be the sort of person to sue Glenn Fry and Don Henley, the writers of Witchy Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's you always know. it's someone else's yeah, fault. Yeah, just it? you know, handball it over and be like, no, no, it's their fault for writing such an infectious, <laughs> entrancing tune. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't have any notes about anyone else. Did nah, you? that was it. Cool. Uh, that's all the secondary characters for the episode. Yeah, let's take another quick break and we'll talk about Seinfeldisms and Seinfeldia for the week and we'll wrap up the show. Oh, and we're also going to find out where the check sits in our greatest episodes of all time and did any of the secondary characters we mention make our top 20? Find out next. Hey, nice twirl you got there. You know who invented that, don't you? Are you folks from Japan? Yes. You recognize that mug? That's the funny face that greets you at the beginning of the super terrific happy hour? What is he doing? Well, I don't know, but something super terrific, I'm sure. It's funny. Oh, yeah, very funny. And it wouldn't be impolite to laugh at his antics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Because everybody laughs at Jerry here in America. Welcome back. So, Seinfeldisms, you have a good one, Ivan. I sure do. Yes. Uh, it's actually, I don't know if it's one that you'd probably... I was a bit hesitant to tell you this one. Okay. Um, I don't know how you'd react to it. It's sort of to do with you as well. Okay. So, uh, you know, Shoot. obviously, we, we work together. Yeah. And, you know, probably once, maybe twice a week, we go and get coffee at the cafe just across the road. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good cafe, Pillar of Salt yep. in Richmond. Yep. Good, good spot. A source of Seinfeldisms, too. Indeed, yeah. They have a little few. bar called These Pretzels. Yeah, that's I right. I think I mentioned it before. It's, it's I think like that a, was one of the first ever Seinfeldisms. That's that, right. You know, last year sometime. Yeah, they got a bar you can consume, like a protein bar. That's or right. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, so usually, like, you'll buy one round and then I'll buy the next one the next time. Yep. I remember we went for coffee. And I think you paid eight bucks for two coffees. Yeah. Right. Yep. So uh, we got two batch brews, which are I think a bit more expensive yep. than a normal coffee. We went back the next day. It was my round, mm. and that was six bucks. Yeah. So you were charged three bucks for the batch brew, and mm. I was charged three bucks for my milky coffee. Mm-hmm. Six bucks. I don't know what it was because I was paying for it, and she said six bucks. Yeah. I think I got the nice face discount. Oh. From the soup nuts. <laughs> I think it was the nice face discount. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. You've got it, a nice face. Yeah, thank you. It wasn't an armoire, but it was a couple of coffees. Yeah. I Yeah, that seemed very Seinfeld-esque to me. I was like, did I just get the nice face dis- discount? Yeah. I should have been charged like eight bucks. If that was, you know, if that situation happened in a Seinfeld episode where George and Jerry went to Monk's and they paid for coffee... And or paid for whatever, and it was fifteen dollars. And then the next day, they got exactly the same thing. And uh, sorry, if George paid fifteen, and then the next day, Jerry only paid twelve. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah. They weren't running a special. George, that would be George's storyline for an episode but that was, where he yeah, would be trying yeah. to get that three dollars difference because he's difference, such a tight yeah. ass. He's so stingy. I just thought, like, when that happened, I thought. Why did I get charged $2 yeah. less than you? I do remember that happening and we yeah. kind of commented like, oh, it was eight bucks yesterday and then we kind of left it and talked about yeah. whatever the next then, thing was. But, but oh. then I thought of the Soup Nazi, <laughs> our first ever episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and see how shitty we were <laughs> back then. <laughs> you know, we've changed a lot. We've improved. We're slightly less shitty now. Yeah, slightly less. But no, it just reminded me of Elaine getting the nice face discount for the okay. armoire. Yeah, oh, I like that. I was like, I got the nice face discount. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I have a Seinfeldism, yeah. but it's really vague. All right. If you remember two weeks ago, uh, I mentioned that my Seinfeldism for the week was uh, 
in the week preceding that episode, um, I somehow came across the name Kevorkian. I don't remember. That's right. Whether I read it or someone said it to me or I heard it, I don't know. Just that name was in my mind and it and it came across, you know, it, it, it appeared in my life in the preceding week. A uh, similar kind of thing happened. I went out for breakfast with a friend on Sunday. Uh, sorry, the Sunday before last. And she said something to do with Seinfeld. And I said, I actually said to her, her name's Corrine. Hello, Corrine, by the way, because she asked me to give her a shout out. Yeah, hello, Corrine. So, hello, Corrine. Yep. So, brother of Karim, old old fan, contributor. Ah, that's yeah, right. Back yeah, in the day. Karim. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Karim. Yep. So, uh, he, uh, sorry, he, she, sorry, oh. Corrine. <laughs> Shit. Get your pronouns right. <laughs> yeah. You bigot. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, uh, she said something. We were just in conversation about whatever. We hadn't seen each other for a while. We we're having like a really nice catch-up conversation. And uh, she said something, and I just stopped her and I went, Seinfeldism. And she goes, what? And I went, what you just said, that's the Seinfeldism. And then I explained the basic gist yeah, of Seinfeldism. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, oh, cool, that's really cool. I think she felt a bit chuffed that she or she oh, or she something. she created money inadvertently, yeah. Yep. And then I'm like, I, I said to myself, make a mental note and remember what she actually said. Yeah, yeah. Or what she talked about. I can't remember, but she said something that was similar to an episode okay. or she said a word or a name or something connected to an episode. Later that afternoon, I was doing notes for, for, um, for, I was just making a note of it. And, uh, yep, what would you know? Forgot it. Oh, like, man. I can't remember what it is. Can't oh. remember what she said. Can't remember what she did. Oh, so you had like a near Seinfeldism. Near Seinfeldism. Oh. So it was technically a Seinfeldism. I just can't remember what it is. Oh, well, good yeah. work, Corinne. If you yeah. remember, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, man, please. I should just ask her. Yeah. I'll send her a text after we yeah. finish recording. Like, hey, what, what was it? Yeah, she'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Where does the check sit in your uh, all-time favourite Seinfeld episodes? It uh, is... Out of 45. Yeah, so it is number 27. Cool. Yeah, so nice. good episode. Um, I especially liked the uh, the the sort of George storyline the best with the oranges and the Japanese executives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the, the Kramer one with the three Japanese guys was funny, but when but he was... But they tied putting, in. Yeah, I mean, it was... it. You know, they, they always bring the, the four sort of separate storylines they always tie them up really well that's right that's you know that's that's a talent that not many people have or not many shows have but when it got to the Japanese guys sleeping in a chest of drawers and it happened to be a Carl Farben chest of drawers it just seemed a bit forced okay and, like it was funny don't get me wrong but it was just a bit I mean it was it was in line with season 8 and 9 being a bit more wacky and weird but I don't know. It just sleeping in drawers was just I don't know. It just I guess because just sat. Japanese people are short. That's probably the yeah you know, the stereotype. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, Kramer justifies it because he says they're business hotels. They just sleep in little pods, and that's true. Yeah, like they, they do. They, they, they have the, very the, the capsules. Yeah. Yeah, they have very small sleeping uh, quarters. quarters. But mm. I don't know. Just that sort of downgraded a bit more, okay. a bit for me. But Fair yeah, enough. still liked it. Not a dud. What about you? Uh, for me, number 33. Okay. Um, yeah, look, very chaotic, but yep. it's like a good chaos. Yeah. In a way. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's just, um, it was just very uh, interesting. Mm. Probably not a really a memorable episode. No. It was good. Like, if it was on TV, again, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I liked... My favourite um, plot was probably uh, Jerry with the umbrella. Okay. I thought that was good. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then the fact... And his $12, his 12 cent checks, mm-hmm. you know, writing them out and stuff and how it all linked together. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it wasn't too bad. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a bit dark at the end, though, Brit dying. Yeah. It was probably a bit much. Yeah. They probably couldn't have... Probably didn't need to do that. No, I think. No, you know. I think they could have just had the, um, you know, the surgeon being in a bit of a trance. Yeah. And then they, if they just got rid of the light, the 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 heart monitor sound, that 
that'd you be know, fine. That'd be it. Yeah, but just, just got really dark. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Jesus. That was ended on a bit of a sour note. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't a bad episode, yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about any of the uh, secondary characters, top 10 or 20? Yes, Brett. Number 18. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, he knocks off a uh, woman with a lane from the subway. She's nice. been on there for ages since season one. Oh, wow. So she was number 20, now she's 21. So she's <laughs> off the list. The woman who doesn't know what ironic means. Yeah, who doesn't know what ironic means. <laughs> ironic. Well, I don't know what that means. Yeah, her. Yeah. I remember riding the subways when I was younger. Yeah, so yep. good. So, uh, yeah, Brett. So he sits uh, number 20 is Banyan, number 19 is Helena uh, from The Trip Parts 1 and 2. 18 is Brett. Uh, 17 is Joel Hornick from Mail on Bonding. 16, Bob and Cedric from the Soup Nazi. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I have a entry into the top 22. Nice. Uh, Mr. O. Mr. Love o. Him. Cool. Yep. One so number. He's number 13. Ah, uh, 13. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, if you want to listen to my top 10 and Ivan's top 10, if you listen to last week's episode, the uh, Junior Mint, you'll uh, hear our top 10 episodes. Uh, sorry, our top 10 characters. Yeah, of all time. That's indeed. right. And also our top 10 episodes uh, so far that we've done. Yes, yes. Have a listen. Yeah. So... Sure. Uh, Seinfeldia. Before, yeah, before we wrap up, we'll do our weekly Seinfeldia, which in case, uh, if you didn't know, is we have a desktop Seinfeld ca- uh, calendar and every date of the year has a small little factoid of Seinfeld. Yes. And we always read uh, the date that we're recording. So today being April 24th. That's right. Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld had written jokes and sketches in their past. So they considered stories that typical producers wouldn't. Head of NBC Late Night, Rick Ludwin too. Uh, approved stories and average network executives wouldn't. As Seinfeld said at the time, some of the writers who want to work on the show, they've had a hard time getting a grip on what funny is. They give us all these sitcom ideas. I tell them we don't want sitcom ideas. I tell them what we don't want to do, but it's hard to explain what we do want. Okay. Yeah. That's a interesting and long-winded fact. But yeah. Cool. So an interesting, uh, interesting way that they approached, hmm. you know, the content. That's right. Mm, yeah. Hmm. That's it for another week. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. We've got an email address, bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Always an easy one to remember. Yeah, that's right. Uh, next podcast, shorter title. Yeah, um, We've got a website too, bidwabask.com. And, uh, yes, and we're on socials mm-hmm. at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And you can get us on any platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically wherever else you can get your podcasts. That's right. Next week, it's What's the Deal With? Every fifth episode, we talk about one secondary character, a more prominent one, if you will, and we dissect them and the actor who portrayed them. And by request, thank you to Laurie from the United States for requesting this one. Next week, What's the Deal With David Putty? Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a while. And uh, our good friend and uh, semi-regular guest now, third time she's appearing, yeah, Stacey, Stacey, will be joining us again in the studio. Yes, yeah, she'll be with us. That'd yeah, so uh, we'll all be watching lots and lots of party episodes oh, over the next uh, week. Eight ball. Eight ball. Let's get the eight ball, babe. <laughs> the devils. The devils. <laughs> 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 uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward gonna to it. It's going to be so good. Lots of laughs, lots of quotes, yeah. lots of weird shit like dick measles and all sorts of things. <laughs> dick measles. <laughs> dick measles. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, join us next week. Thanks for listening this week. And uh, we'll catch you all with uh, Patrick Warburton for Putty. Yeah, that's right.